one. Quickly go there with me, please. Let me just give you this quickly before you go feast on ham and cranberry salad and whatever else y'all going to eat. How many thankful for these times with family? And uh, how many thankful for another year of life? Anybody else look back and say, Lord, you kept me. Can anybody testify that he's kept you? Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she, bring, she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet through the Lord, by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. Somebody say God with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And he did not know her till, he, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. They called his name Jesus. I want us to look back at verse number, uh, up there at verse number 23, where it says, they shall call him Emmanuel which is God with us, the presence of God, the presence of God. I want to talk today about the power of his presence. How many know that the God that we serve is a God who has power? And how many can testify as we just experienced a moment ago, there is power in the presence of God? How many need more of the presence of God in your life? And when I say presence, I'm not talking about something you're going to go unwrap this week. I'm talking about something that is invading this place, invading our hearts and invading our lives. If you need his presence, somebody say amen. amen. Would you pray for me? Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for your divine presence. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. I pray today you'll pour it out on people in this room, people who, who come hungry for it, people who drove for it, people who've been praying for it, people who've been thinking it's not good, they're not good enough for your presence. Would you blow their mind today and just descend on their life, invade their heart, break through everything on the inside that's got them bound up and send your presence today in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen. Touch somebody, tell them, neighbor, there's power in his presence. For the last several weeks, I have endeavored to preach the story of the advent, the first advent of Jesus and the nativity of Christ from Luke's perspective. I've been in the gospel of Luke for a couple of weeks now. And as I told you, the gospel according to Luke is the most comprehensive account given of Jesus' birth. 
Luke tells us much about where Jesus is born and when Jesus is born. But Matthew today, it doesn't focus so much on the when or the how. Uh, the gospel of Mac Matthew focuses on where did he come from. And this is important today because you understand that Matthew was primarily assigned to deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people. And the Jewish people would have been very concerned about knowing who Jesus came from and the bloodline that Jesus came through. Because for a Jew to accept, a Jewish people, in order for them to accept a person as being the Messiah, it was imperative that he be from the line of David. And they would not have entertained a thought about a man being the Messiah if he didn't have David's blood running through his veins. So when you open the Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter, and you begin reading, it is full of begats. And Matthew set forth the genealogical account because he recognizes that if Jesus is to be the Messiah of the Jewish people, he must be the son of David. So Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, connects the dots so that the Jewish world can see the claim of Christ as being the Messiah as valid and legal. And as the genealogy of Matthew shows, Jesus was indeed from the line of David. But as I was reading these begats, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I'm not, I am not ashamed to tell you, it is the first thing we all skip in our annual Bible reading plan. Nobody gets to Matthew chapter one, verse one, and smiles and says, boy, I'm feeling a breakthrough coming as I read from the begats. But I'm gonna tell you there's some significant stuff in Matthew chapter one. I don't have time to exhaust all that is in this first chapter of Matthew's gospel, but I do want to lift for your consideration briefly as I head to my assignment today, the fact that this is revolutionary that there are four women listed in Jesus' genealogy. And you must understand this is significant because in the Jewish mind and even in the Greek mind, they would not have usually included the sisters in the genealogy. But Matthew wants to include these four ladies in the genealogy of Jesus. And I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, let me tell you who they were. Number one, it was Tamar. Uh-huh. She sold herself as a prostitute to her father-in-law. Come on, Jerry Springer, talk to me. Uh-huh. And she sold her, herself as a prostitute to her father-in-law, Judah, so that she could bring forth Perez and Zerah. And the second lady listed in the begats of Matthew 1 is Rahab, who was a prostitute, y'all not helping me, from whom God took um, extra, he took extraordinary measures to save her and her family from judgment and from her lifestyle. 
of prostitution. And the third sister is Ruth, who is a Moabitess and a Gentile. And until her conversion and acceptance of Yahweh, she was not even able to claim covenant with God because she lived and was born in the land of Moab. And the fourth person who we know to be Bathsheba is not even named by her name, only that she is the person who had been the wife of Uriah. All of this is in Matthew chapter one. All of these sisters with a jacked up past and a whole lot of problem are somehow in the family line of Jesus Christ. And I know some of you might be wondering why I would lift this for our consideration on the Sunday before we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But I need to take a praise break that Jesus can heal the family because he's part of the family and knows what it's like to come out of the jacked up family tree. And here's what I want to preach to you. If you'll just keep living, Jesus is coming. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. We got two prostitutes, a Moabitess and a whoremonger who had an ad adulterous affair with the king. And the Bible said after all that was born, Jesus was born in a manger. Lord, have mercy. I need to praise God this morning that if I just keep living, no matter how jacked up and messed up my life is, Jesus is on the way. Touch somebody, tell them Jesus is coming. If Jesus is coming, it don't matter what your granddaddy did. If Jesus is coming, it don't matter who was a bootlegger and a moonshiner and a liar and a drug dealer. If Jesus is on the way, when he steps into the family, he breaks every curse and sets everybody in the family tree free. I'm thankful for him. How about you? These women demonstrate the connection that Jesus had to our frail, frailty and our failures. And after 17 verses of genealogy, after 17 verses of the family tree, after 17 verses of so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so begat so-and-so, after 17 verses, the 18th verse goes like this. And the birth of Jesus was as follows. I just want to tell you that if you'll keep living, Jesus is coming. If you feel hopeless in your family, if it looks like your family is a mess, a wreck, and all you keep doing is, is seeing a reproduction of failure after failure after failure, Jesus is coming, and it don't take everybody in the house to believe it. If one person in your house, if you're the only one, if one person in your house has the faith to believe in the power of God, God can break every curse off that house and God can stop. He can stop the darkness and turn things around and shift the family tree and begin to bring your family into a place of blessing. I need a witness in here that... I know it ain't everybody, but is anybody in here come from some mess and through some pain and you can testify today that the place your family is in now since Jesus got in your family is a better place. So Jesus comes this way. The Bible said in the 18th verse of Matthew's gospel, this is the fashion, this is the circumstance in which Jesus was born. And... It tells us that Mary 
was found with a child. The issue with what the Bible says that many have is that at this point when she found she was with a child, she had not been intimately involved with a man. Now, I know you read over this and you think, oh, sweet Mary, and I do too. But if I'm Joseph, I got some questions. And the Bible said Joseph was a just man, but it, it, it didn't say he was a dumb man. And so, so because he was just, he did not want to humiliate her. Read the text. And he was going to put her aside privately and not bring shame on her by telling the community they lived in, Mary's got a baby. Y'all know, what that, y'all know what that's like when the community finds out you're not married? People talk. Y'all looking so holy and sprite in here today. Y'all, y'all, y'all know the, the, the shame connected with the scandal of unwed pregnancy. And Joseph is, although he is a just man, he is trying to process how his wife is with a child and he has never known her sexually. And we need to go talk about this for a minute, Sister Mary. You don't know Joseph and y'all ain't married and we know y'all haven't slept together, so how you got this baby? Well, for that information, I'm gonna have to take you to Dr. Luke. In the first chapter of Dr. Luke, Dr. Luke is going to explain to you in non-medical terms how a medical thing miraculously occurred. Uh And the Bible said that there was a peasant girl named Mary and we know historically that she was probably in her late teens. She was probably from a house of poverty. She was probably in a place of obscurity. And suddenly one day an angel who stood constantly in the presence of the Lord, namely Gabriel, shows up to this woman, this young lady named Mary, walks into her bedroom uninvited and said, hey, Mary, you are highly favored. Uh, I need you to bless somebody on the Sunday before Christmas and tell your neighbor you are blessed. You better talk to them or I'll come down there for you. Tell somebody next to you, say, you are blessed and you are highly favored. Now, we need to understand how this medical thing that Joseph doesn't know how to explain is going on. So in order for the explanation, we go to Luke 1, and this angel tells Mary, you are highly favored. Look at somebody, tell them you're highly favored. Now, I know the first thing that you say is pastor, and I have the uh, theologian police who constantly come and listen to the sermons we preach here, and they always say, well, that doesn't apply to you because you are not married. Well, thank you, Mr. Yeye, but I want to tell you that there is one other place in the Bible where the same Greek word used for Mary is used. There's only two places in the whole Bible where highly favored is used. It's used here in Luke chapter 1 when Gabriel told Mary, you are highly favored, And the second time it is used, somebody say, when is the second time? 
I'm glad you asked. The second time it is used is in Ephesians chapter 2 when Paul said that Jesus has made us accepted in the beloved. And the word accepted is the same Greek word keritoo that is used when the angel told Mary, "You are I'm fixing to preach that you might not be Mary, but if you are in Christ, you are blessed and highly favored. Look at somebody, tell them, who do you think you are? Respond back and tell them, I am blessed. Ah, oh, come on and tell them like you believe it. Tell them I am blessed and I'm highly favored. I'm not blessed and highly favored because of who I am. I'm blessed and highly favored because of who came and saw me. I'm blessed and highly favored because of who chose me. I need to tell you today that you may feel forgotten. You may be broke. You may be tore up from the floor up, beat up from the feet up, and messed up from the chest up. But if Jesus ever comes knocking on your door, he will ignore all of your past. He will ignore your age he will ignore your failure he will ignore where you came from and he will tap you on the shoulder and he will bless you with his favor anybody know what it feels like to be blessed and highly favored of the Lord so this angel says you're blessed and highly favored and Mary says "Mm, okay and he says that the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will conceive a child. And this thing that will be born from you, I'm in Luke 1, about 24 through 28. This thing that will be conceived in you will be born of God. You will call his name Jesus for he will save the world of his sins. At the moment the angel spoke it, conception occurred in her womb. Why? Because Mary, although she didn't understand how, she accepted that it was so. I preached to you last week about a priest named Zechariah who did not only not know how his wife who was old was going to have a baby. He actually didn't believe it could happen. So when you don't believe it can happen, God said, okay, preacher, I'm going to put a silence thing on you. You can't talk for nine months. Mary, although she didn't know how it was going to happen, said, Lord, be it to me according to thy word. I don't know. Have you ever had God tell you something you didn't know how he was going to do it? me walk around here and talk for a minute. Have you ever had God give you a promise and you thought, how is God going to do this? It's not that you doubted his word. It's that you couldn't understand his method. Sometimes God will speak a promise into your life that you will not have uh, the natural ability to, to rationalize seeing how this thing is going to come to pass. You just have, there are some promises God gives you. You just have to say this. I don't get it, but be it unto me according to thy word. How many got some promises like that going on in your life right now? I don't understand it, but be it to me according to your word. In other words, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know this. If you ever said it, your word doesn't lie. If you ever said it, your word doesn't lie. It does not come back void. It will accomplish what I sent it to do. God said, if I ever spoke a promise over your life, it doesn't matter how much sense it don't make. If you'll trust me with the outcome, and how many know sometimes you've got to make sure God said it? God said it, and you'll know when God said it because something will begin to grow on the inside of you. You ever had those promises given to you by God that you couldn't shake off? 
You couldn't just, just sleep off. You couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't vacation it away. You got away and cleared your mind and you woke back up the next morning, you were still processing it. Because it's a, it's a God thing. It's a promise from God. And when God said those kind of things to you, you've got to understand you don't have to know how he's going to do it. You just have to trust him and say, be it unto me according to that word. And so Mary's in that place. And so Mary immediately gets pregnant and she has this precious God child living on the inside of her. And Joseph is now processing what it is to be espoused. We would call that engaged. Uh-huh. That's in our term, in our vernacular. We've got Jeremiah here all the way from California. Where are you from now, son? Washington. Washington, yes. California, Washington. It's all the same. They're all in need of Jesus. Hallelujah. He and Michelle are engaged. Yeah. Imagine that a young man and a young lady gonna get married and have a family, raise kids, and love God. Isn't that a miracle in 2022? Espouse, engage. It doesn't look good for Joseph because he and Mary are not consummated and she's pregnant. So because he's just, he doesn't get on Facebook and tell everybody. Y'all not gonna help me, but I'm gonna preach anyway today. He doesn't get on Twitter and feed the world the foolishness. The Bible said he was, aren't you thankful for people who know how to handle things privately? I'm gonna let you, I'm, I'm letting that soak and marinate for a minute. Some people are getting delivered from some immaturity sometimes. We, we wanna tell everybody everything going on. Sometimes the mark of just and righteous living is that we just keep things private. And the Bible said that Joseph was gonna handle this situation and put her away privately. But when he had decided to live justly and not shame her, an angel visited him. Got a whole lot of angelic visitation going on during the birth of Jesus. Why? Because heaven could not afford earth to screw it up. So God kept sending angels to intercept all of the stuff and to make sure communication was very clear. And the angel tells Joseph in a dream, Mary is full of a child that is actually a miracle. He's not just Mary's baby, he's Yahweh's son. It's born of God. Can you imagine being Joseph, getting this message in a dream? And then you gotta leave the dream and go deal with the community who don't know all the information. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all, this is a crazy situation. Can you imagine, everybody knows they're not married, but Mary is now six, four, five, six, seven months pregnant. She got the bump going on. Go in the community. Oh, Mary, what's going on? Joseph, what's going on? Everybody's got questions. People will always have something to say about what God is doing in your life. I want to tell you today, you got to stay focused on what you're giving birth to and do not focus on the people who got something to say about what you're going to give birth to. At some point, you've got to decide that the thing in me is holy and birthed by God and 
I cannot allow people who've got an alternate opinion to make me regret or to make me feel shame. You may not know my story, but I'm getting ready to give birth to something in my life that is going to change yours. And so the Bible says that when he, when he came, he was the fulfillment of a prophecy given 700 years earlier through the hand of a man named Isaiah. Now, let me break this down for you because when the Bible said call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel means God with us. This is a prophecy about presence. It's not just God among us, it's God is with us. You need to understand the context that this prophecy was given in is in the seventh chapter of Isaiah where there is a king named Ahaz. He was one of the most wicked kings of Judah. Quickly, I remind you that at this time in history during the writing of Isaiah 7, Israel had been divided into two kingdoms. The northern tribe, which was Israel. The southern tribe, which was Judah. Israel never had a holy king. Judah, the southern tribe, had just a few holy kings. And the Bible tells us at this time that they were still at war with one another. In the seventh chapter of Isaiah, Judah's king was Ahaz, a wicked king who made his sons, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, he made his sons pass through the fire, which means he put his babies on the altar and let them be burned. Y'all don't want me to preach on that this morning. And not only did he put his children through the fire, but the Bible said he built high places to the foreign gods and the false gods that were surrounding him. This was a wicked king. And when you live wicked you get yourself in messes. And he got himself in a mess because now as the king of Judah, the southern tribe, he is surrounded by a coalition of armies, namely those who came uh, from Israel, the northern tribe, and from Peraz, uh, from another king in another tribe. And they formed this coalition and they surround Ahaz and Judah. And the prophet Isaiah comes to Ahaz. I'm, I'm, I'm consolidating this for you. Uh, but the prophet Isaiah comes to Ahaz who is surrounded by enemies and he says to him, you're not going going to die. Jerusalem's not going to be destroyed and the enemy that's surrounding you is not going to win. It wasn't because Ahaz deserved deliverance because Ahaz was a wicked man, but God was going to preserve Israel. He was going to preserve Jerusalem because he said, that's the apple of my eye and I'm going to make sure that even though your king is wicked, I'm going to protect my people. And then he looks, the prophet looks at King Ahaz, who is a wicked man and says, tell me, this is the craziest scripture in the Bible, I think. In the, in the 11th, 12th verse, he looks at Ahaz and says, tell me what sign you want me to do to let you know I'm going to give you victory. And Ahaz actually looks back at him and says, I will not give a sign and tempt the Lord. And it was an attempt to be spiritual and deep, but really what it was was a revelation of unbelief. God invited Ahaz to whatever sign you want. It's literally in the seventh chapter of, Ahaz, of Isaiah. Whatever sign you want me to give you, I'll give you a sign to let you know I will not let your enemy destroy you. And the king says, I don't want no sign. And God said, that's all right, verse 14. I'll give my own sign. Behold, a virgin shall give birth to a son. I'm preaching right here. A virgin shall give birth to a child and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
That's the whole prophetic import of Emmanuel is that God would show wicked people a sign that your enemies will not destroy you. How shall we know that our enemies will not destroy us? A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I preached all that today to tell you this before I let you go. Jesus came so you don't have to be by yourself. Listen to me on Christmas. Too many people in this room are struggling, feeling lonely. I heard the Lord this week. You feel alone. You feel all by yourself. Grown men in this room who get by themselves and cry and nobody knows it. Women in this room, get all by yourself and the thoughts are going through your head. I don't like my life. I feel so lonely. I've made some bad decisions. I've made some stupid choices and I, I'm talking to some people. I know it ain't everybody. So I, I, I completely get that most people in this place are living the American dream and you got everything you want in life and you don't have any problems and your ship is smell, selling, smelling and selling smoothly and everything is going wonderful in your life. But there are some people in here today, you feel lonely. Emmanuel, is the revelation that you don't have to be alone. He came from heaven to earth. He didn't have to. Do you understand? He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He came from heaven to earth to show you and to show me he loves us too much to be separated from us. And in order to be my high priest, he came and was touched with the feeling of my infirmity. There is power in the presence of God. The Bible said in the Psalm, the 92nd chapter, that the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Something powerful happens when the presence of the Lord shows up in your life. And we got to understand that the enemy's chief tactic is to get us surrounded with a feeling of loneliness that God doesn't know and that God isn't aware and that worse yet, God doesn't care. So many people live this life thinking God doesn't know and God doesn't care about what I'm going through. The problem with that thought and that lie of the devil is it does not square with Holy Scripture. Jesus told those sitting beside, sitting beside him on a hillside one day that your father knows not just how many hairs you have, but every number of every hair. Oh, some of you bald folk, you make his job easy. But I want to tell you that, that every single hair on your head has a number. I, I got so blessed by this this week. It don't sound revelatory, but the Bible said he feeds the sparrows in the sky. Do you recognize that every square meal every bird ever ate came because Yahweh put it on a platter and put that worm in the ground so that every bird come on in here somebody I want to tell you the God we're preaching today is not a God 
who is aloof and out in some far removed corner of the universe and doesn't care. He's not just some big cosmic being that has sovereign power who has wound up this earth and now it's just sort of unwinding with no feeling and, and with no interaction. Oh no, the Bible said that he look, he sits high but he looks low. His eyes go to and fro searching the earth for those who are broken and contrite and need him. I want to tell you some of you, you ain't broken enough. You ain't broken enough to, to have his attention. But there's some people in this room who've been feeling lonely. God, I feel the oil right here. You've been feeling all, you've been feeling lonely and you've been feeling forgotten and you've been feeling like he don't know and he doesn't care. But Emmanuel makes the devil to be a liar. Emmanuel says, I am not lonely. Emmanuel says, I will never be alone. Emmanuel says, I don't have to bear burdens by myself. I don't have to go to the grocery store by myself. I don't have to pump gas in my gas tank by myself. You may not be my friend, but I have a friend who sticks closer than any brother. I have a friend who knows everything about me, my down sitting, my uprising. I'm glad today that Jesus is a friend. Emmanuel says God is with us. And there is a power in knowing he is with you. Have you ever, I'm closing here. Have you ever, have you ever uh, been through some sort of uh, altercation with somebody? Y'all, too many of y'all hadn't done it. There's some brothers in here before Jesus. You just soon fight just look at somebody. And, and there were these people growing up in the neighborhood I was raised in. They had a big mouth, but couldn't back anything up. But they had brothers. Come on, y'all. They had brothers. And these little, little twerps, they would, uh, just put it right there. That's good, Chris. Plug it in somewhere. That's good. Oh, that's good right there. They, they had brothers. And they would run that mouth because they knew that when my brother shows up, He'll back up what I'm saying. Power. Some, some of you need to recognize that because God is with you, you have power. And there are things that you say sometimes and the enemy says, oh yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you telling me what to do. I hear you putting me under your feet. I hear you telling me to get out of your house. I hear you telling me that I won't have your children. I hear you telling me I won't have your marriage. The enemy says, I hear you. I hear you, Christian. I hear you quoting the Bible. I hear you telling me there's power in the blood. I hear you. Them demons say it all the time. I hear you, Christian, but can you back up what you're saying? Well, I want to tell the devil on the Sunday before Christmas, I cannot back up the promise. I cannot back up the scripture. I don't have the ability to make the devil run, but I do have a brother that's on the way. I do have a brother that's on the way. And if he ever gets here, you're going to wish you never would have talked smack to me in the first place. If he ever gets here, you're going to wish you would have never threatened me in the first place. If he ever gets here, he will roll his sleeves up and deal with the harassment that I've been dealing with. Slap somebody, tell him, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I'm telling you, you ought to talk smack. You ought to quote the Bible. You ought to tell the devil to get out of your mind and under your feet. Emmanuel is on the way. I'll 
never be alone another day in my life. I'm going to close with a little illustration. Some of you are getting your brains beat out and the enemy is running all over you because you have forgotten he is with you. And I'm going to tell you this before I close. He's not on the way. He's already there. He is not coming for you. He has never left you. What an insult to say God is on the way. The devil is a liar. God has never been on his way anywhere. God has always been right there where you are. And let me freak you out and tell you that he is the end from the beginning. Which means not only is he right here right now. But this Tuesday when you get in a fight over a sale at TJ Maxx with some crazy woman. And she tries to take your blessing. I dare you to... Throw your hands up and say, God, you were here before I got here. And I don't know how this woman's going to steal my blessing, but I'm going to give you praise that you worked the end from the beginning and all things work together for my good. Power. Power. The presence of God brings power. Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. You may feel like you're getting your life kicked in, your tail kicked, your head beat up, you're just ready to give up. And I want to tell you, you don't need to quit. You need presence. Can I have a say? This, 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 Genesis is going to get blessed on this one. This is what some of y'all are right here. You're flat. Life is, I didn't say fat. Some of y'all are, yo. No, I'm not talking about fat. I said flat. Your faith is flat. Your family, family is flat. Your finances are flat. Your prayer life is flat. Nothing on the inside. Enemies just wearing you out. You're by yourself. You're alone. Single people in here, you're alone. You're alone. Nobody loves you. You ain't fine. You ain't handsome. You ain't smart. You ain't. A... Some of y'all single people need to praise God for singleness. Because right. I tell you right now, I deal with more people who wish they were single after they made a mistake and didn't listen to godly counsel. I can't find no help in this Holy Ghost church. The enemy just wearing you out all the time. And you're flat. And you're empty. And you have forgotten he is with you. And because he is with you, there is power available to your life. Emmanuel, God with us, doesn't mean he came just to sit and pat you and console you. He'll do that. He's wonderful. And he is counselor. But he's also mighty God. I said he's also mighty God. And here's what I want to tell you today. Some of y'all going to panic. But here's what you need to do today. Lord, let it work. Chevy Chase on Christmas vacation. Chris, you had one. You had one. This is what happens when you plug into Emmanuel. 
When you plug into Emmanuel, it produces power. You may be flat broke. You may feel like you are empty and got nothing to live for. Lord, who am I preaching to? But I've come to tell you, your season of living empty and flat and dead, that day is coming to an end. God is about to release a wind into your spirit. And the power, I better quit here. I better quit here because if I keep on preaching, Santa Claus is about to get a praise. I came to tell somebody on this Sunday morning that if you quit playing church and you will really plug into the power of the living God, God will take nobodies and make them somebodies. God will take misfits and turn them into miracles. God will take felons and turn them into prophets. God will take broken families and turn them into a blessing. Slap somebody, tell them, neighbor, it's time. Let me hear you over there. I need to hear something in the organ. I can't hear the organ, but I came to tell somebody it's time to plug in. It's not time to unplug. It's time to plug in. I'm a Hoshaya. Emmanuel is about to serve an eviction notice on the spirit of depression. Emmanuel is about to serve an eviction notice on the spirit of poverty. Emmanuel, help Mr. Santa Claus get him up on his feet. You can't leave here today flat. You can't leave here today empty. You can't leave here today defeated. Somebody give God a shout that the devil is defeated. God's enemies are scattered. I know y'all think he's crazy, but I feel a running spirit in my feet. I feel like God is about to raise somebody up. The devil had you laying down, but my Bible said God is able to give you power over every work of darkness. Slap somebody, tell them, plug in. Plug into the presence. Plug into the goodness. Plug into the breakthrough. Plug into the people of God. Plug into the church. Plug into the word. Plug into a prayer life. Plug into tithing. Plug into giving. Let God arise. Let God arise. Oh. Somebody take a 15 second praise break in this room. That is not the kind of praise that I'm talking about. I am not talking about a 1213, let me get to lunch, leftover kind of praise. I need somebody to praise him that on this Sunday morning, I'm plugging into the power. Yeah. I'm plugging into the anointing. I'm plugging into the break. So, so here's what I want to tell you. Emmanuel, stay standing, I'm through. Emmanuel says, you don't have to live flat. You don't have to live empty. 
you don't have to wonder what it's like to have God with you. You just have to open the gift. And you have to say, that gift is for me. For the last four days, I have been bunkered in my bedroom, wrapping presents. Not one present I wrapped is mine. No, I'm not bitter. I'm really not. But I have a gift. I got to let y'all go. But I have a gift. I, I have a gift on this Sunday morning that was delivered in a manger in Bethlehem. God wrapped himself in a suit of flesh called humanity. And the Bible said in the message translation that he moved into the neighborhood. And I want to praise God today that no matter where you came from, no matter how much money you got in the bank, no matter what color your skin, no matter the age you are, the gift of God, Emmanuel, is for you. So here's what I want to do. I want you to bow your head. I want to do two things. I want to invite anyone in this room who is not born again. You don't know Christ. You've heard about Jesus. But you never made him the Lord of your life. Or maybe you did a long time ago and you've wandered so far away from him. And maybe on this Sunday, you just need Emmanuel to get close to you again. You need to surrender and repent and get him to clean you up. The good news is he'll do it just like this. Just that quick. Don't take forever. It don't matter what you've done. It don't matter how long you've been doing it. It don't take God as long to unscrew you as he did for you and I to screw our lives up. He'll help you. If you're in this room today and you would say, Pastor Kevin, would you head about eyes closed. Pastor Kevin, would you please pray for me? I need Emmanuel, God in the flesh. God in the flesh who came for me not just to get among me, but to get near me and to come in to live in my heart. I need Emmanuel. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you. I see your hand back there. God bless you, my friend. Bless your friend. Bless your friend. Bless you, dear. I see your hand, sister. You can put those hands down. Everyone look at me right now. Here's a person standing on your left and right. You may have known them your whole life. You may have never met them before this Sunday. I just want you to ask them one question. Lean over to that neighbor and say, do you need someone to go to the altar and pray with you this morning? And if you lifted your hand or you should have, when they ask you that question, just come out your seat and come with them. Come down here. We got prayer leaders that are coming to pray. I want anyone who wants to give their heart to Christ just to come. God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. Just ask your neighbor right now, do you need someone to go pray with you? Yeah, people are coming. Come on, this is a wonderful day. This is a wonderful day. Come on. Come on, the power of God is drawing people. Hallelujah. Oh. Come on, somebody slip your hands up and thank God for salvation. Come on. Can we praise him that salvation has come to our house today? Jesus is the Savior. Come on, people are still coming down the aisles. My God, somebody praise the Lord with me today. It's not too late.
You're not too messed up. Come on. Anybody else who wants to come before we pray? Everyone stretch your hands toward the altar right now. Pray for these people like you wish somebody would have prayed for you the morning you gave your life to Christ. Come on, let's pray for one another right now. Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for, come on, pray for them. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for changing their life. Thank you for giving them grace. Thank you for supplying the power of God. Touch their lives today, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, touch lives. At the cross, at the cross. I usually don't get involved with this, but young lady, I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray for you today. And the burden of your heart is rolled away. It was there by faith. Jesus. Every chain over your life is broken off right now. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Loose her. Throw your hands up and sing the hymn. Come on. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled. If you're thankful for Calvary, come on. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy. I want you to reach over, lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Listen to me real carefully. Some of us in this room are empty and deflated and flat. We feel flat, defeated, empty, lonely, alone, deflated. Don't allow your feelings to become more trusted than the truth. Don't allow your feelings to become more trusted than the truth. You may feel one way and I'm concerned about how you feel but I'm not nearly as concerned about how you feel as what the truth says about your situation. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder right now. And I want you to pray that this season, they, they unwrap the gift of presence and plug into the power of God. Come on, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Jesus came so that we could plug in. Today we declare in Jesus' name that we are unwrapping the gift of his presence. Hey, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Power of God, work on her, work on her, work on her. Today we declare that we are unwrapping the gift of presence and we are plugging into the power of God. Everybody that can, just lift your hands and let's worship him for a moment before we, oh come, oh come let us. Everybody who loves him, come on, sing, oh come. Come on, he's, he's alive, he's here. Hallelujah. We'll praise his name forever, we'll praise. Let's lift him up before we leave today. We'll praise his name. 
person in this room come alive their life fill up every empty place be filled with the breath of God today I pray as people plug into the power of your presence that life will come back to their life I cancel every spirit of heaviness Every spirit of heaviness and depression, I rebuke the devil now in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God over people's hearts. And may the joy of Jesus be their portion this season. Remind them that they may feel lonely, but they are never alone. Emmanuel, God with us in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, bless. come on, lift your hands in a receiving position. Lord, bless and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. I pray this week in Jesus' name you go before them. I pray you surround them. Be their rear guard. Watch over every home, every family. I bless every one of their children. I bless everything connected to them. May it be a week of divine goodness. And in everything that happens, may they see that all things are working together for their good. In Jesus' name, if you're blessed and highly favored, shout amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Go in the peace of God. Yo, what's wow. up, family? Listen, service was nuclear. The presence of God was in the house. I'm telling you, if you, I know it blessed you online. Hey, Pastor Justin, what God has done here, I'm excited about 2023. I'm excited about our yeah. future. Tonight, bless me, man. Tonight, today, Bless me, I'm still in the spirit. Listen, right now, quick announcements. Christmas Eve, 5 p.m. at our Athens campus, 6 p.m. at our Chattanooga campus. Go ahead, Pastor Justin. Yeah, and uh, we have midweek on this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, we won't have midweek or Tuesday noon prayer. So just be uh, keep an eye open for that. Yep. And then we got, of course, New Year's Eve. Uh, that's going to be big, right? 24 hours, War 24. We, you saw that today. Uh, it's going to be a powerful 24 hours of prayer. And uh, we'll just encourage you guys to be a part of that. I mean, if you're fasting, whatever it may be, uh, jump in, join us with that. It's going to be a powerful day. Yeah, jump yep. in, tune in, Roar24, all our prayer words. You believe in the power of prayer. This is something you really want to be a part of. Go um, download the RTTN app. Visit us online for more information. Listen, end of the year giving, December 31st. Yep. All gifts, all um, seed that sow is, fine, is uh, deductible. 
all end of the year giving. You can give up until December 31st. Listen, Cleveland launch January 8th, 9 a.m. We cannot wait to see you get in the building. We love you guys. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. Yes, and Merry Christmas, guys. Y'all enjoy your holidays with your family, and we look forward to seeing you soon. We love you guys. Peace.